Step on up, sit down, twist off that bottle top, or crack open that can. And welcome to Porch Matters. This is Terry Cable coming to you from my back porch. Yes sir, yes ma'am, the name of this show is Authentic. I hope that you and your loved ones have had some good days and good times since we were last together. I can't say thank you enough for taking time out of your day or night to listen to us. There are a lot of other things out there that you can be doing, but you're choosing to listen to Porch Matters. Thank you for giving feedback on the Facebook page Porch Matters Podcast. Thank you for sharing the links to the podcast with your friends. Shows that you believe in us and what we're trying to do here. With your help, anything is possible. On Porch Matters, our saying is this. Big issues are just a friendly conversation. No topic is off limits. We take pride in being able to talk about anything with each other in an open discussion. Open discussions is one of the ways to learn. Your perspective could be changed. You could change the perspective of others. On this episode... We will be talking about the incident that occurred in Atlanta, Georgia with Mr. Rayshon Brooks. Also on this episode, we answer questions that we ask you, the listener, to participate in, and I will be reading the answers you shared. So, without further ado, let's get started. Melissa, how are you doing tonight? I'm very tired. How are you? I'm doing all right. Right now, it looks like I've got a thunderstorm coming in on the porch, so I'm hoping and praying the weather holds out. Well, it's my first day off, and usually, you know, we're on shutdown now. we got the next five days off, and usually I take about a day to recuperate, but I worked two days this week, and I decided today that I was going to clean the kitchen and then paint it. And this process, I have moved the refrigerator. I have cleaned out from underneath the refrigerator. I have painted two full walls, and it still looks like a freaking wreck in there. Construction jobs do that. Not to mention the two trips to Lowe's and the one trip to Menards. Oh, so you and couldn't get everything in one trip? You had to make two? Well, the first well, the first time I went, I, I thought I got everything I needed. Well, I did get everything I needed. And then I, it's been a while since I've installed a refrigerator, and the one in here happens to have an ice maker. And one of the pipes on the back or the little hoses on the back I thought was a drip hose. I cut it to make it shorter, and it's not a drip hose. So I damn near flooded. <laughs> I had water spewing out everywhere, and I had Grace running to get buckets. And I was like, call your mom quick. I don't know where the main shutoff is. <laughs> And I'm racing across the floor trying not to bust my tail. And she's got her mom on the phone trying to get her to tell me where it was. She's like, I think it's in where the water heater is. And, of course, there's a big blue knob in there. So that had to be it. And I turned it off. I had to go back and get another pi- another tube and some couplings. And I got the right size couplings but the wrong size tube. So then I had to go to Menards. For those of you that might be from the south, let me, let me be an interpreter for that. A tube would be a section of pipe and couplings would be fittings. <laughs> okay, now I understand. Yeah, I, I, I thought you Jason looked a little lost. Yeah, I, I was trying to figure that out, but I just said, "Well, I guess maybe it's just something I don't understand." Well, no, Menards is another. It's a. It's got a few groceries and a few things you can get for around the house, but it's got a lot of like appliances and toilet. It's kind of like a Home Depot slash Kroger. Okay. When you said Menards, I was thinking it's a clothing store or something, but that's Bernard's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a. Jason, how are you doing today, my friend? How was your I'm, week so far? It's been really good. Been good. Um, doing just fine. Been working and um, so far been able to stick to my um, my intense workout program that I'm on. And what would that consist of? Well, I bought kind of a weight system from a guy. It's 
basically a Smith machine. You, you're familiar with the Smith machine. I am. Uh, I'm also familiar with the lightning and the thunder that just cracked, if you heard that correctly. Was that but, what uh, lit your face up? Yes. Yikes. Yeah, but it's okay. Because I am a trooper, and we are going to push forward. Yes. you have an awning on that back porch? I do, luckily. We will not be denied. No, we will get this done. So, yes, going back to what you were talking about with the Smith machine, I am very much yes. familiar with the Smith machine. Okay. Where did you get it, and uh, what have you been doing just, with it? Just bought it from a guy that I know. Um, he, he had actually, someone had given it to him years ago, and he didn't really much need it or use it, so he sold it to me, and um, an Olympic size, I guess they're called Olympic size. I'm not sure what they are. Just a regular 45 pound weight bar with about 250 pounds of plates. Yeah, those are Olympics. Yeah, Olympics and a good, it's got a great bench with it. So I've been using that, enjoying not having to drive to the gym. And uh, between that and work, and we've got a foster dog we took in a few days ago, Grayson. Grayson's an eight year old poodle. And so we're fostering him for two to three weeks before he goes to his forever home. That, that's what's keeping me busy. Heard that. The rain has decided to set in. So if you hear that, folks, I do apologize. But I guess, I guess that's one of the things about recording outside. Sometimes the weather works with you and sometimes it works against you. And it's trying to work against us tonight, but it is what it is. Well, luckily, we can still hear you just fine. I, yeah, I don't hear the rain. Do you not? I barely hear it. Okay. It sounds like a little bit of white noise. So that microphone is really good just to pick up your voice, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. So, ter so, Terry, don't pee-pee on our boots until it's a rainstorm, because it may actually be a rainstorm. I know, right? <laughs> 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 on the last episode, we talked about George Floyd and his tragic murder. Might as well go ahead and call it what it was. He was murdered. What happened to him was a very bad thing. Shouldn't have happened. I stand by that statement then. I stand by it now. Tonight, we're going to talk about another political hot topic, folks. Bear with us. We're talking about these because I think these are things that needs to be talked about. But make no mistake about it, this is not a political show. But we do cover any and all topics. No topic is off limits. Some things are going to be fun to talk about, other things are not. This happens to just be a time where the subject matter isn't really all that great to talk about, just to be honest with you. Melissa, I'm going to start with you. How familiar are you with the series of events that happened in Atlanta at the Wendy's? Well, I watched a series of videos. I don't know what's up to date about if they're trying to charge. Oh, and I heard what the one of the the prosecuting lawyers trying to charge him with or something. And um, it, it's kind of got me a little angry. What about you, Jason? I remember when it happened, uh, it kind of got my attention because at first I thought, well, uh, I just happened to be watching t TV, but not really paying attention. And I thought, well, this is something that happened in the past. They're showing because of what was taking place with Mr. Floyd and the protests. And then I realized, oh, my God, this just happened. And um, I thought, you know, uh, the timing could not be worse. No, for an no like I, that. but I've, I've tried to um, watch the videos and also look at analysis from both sides and, and try to determine as best as possible. I don't think all is determinable with it, but try to determine what happened and, and, you know, develop some thoughts on that. Well, folks, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, and obviously I'm going to be under the assumption that a lot of you are, but just in case you haven't been, on June 12th of this year, there was 
an incident between two officers and a gentleman by the name of Rayshard Brooks in Atlanta. Story goes that the Wendy's called the cops on a 911 call, said that there was a fellow that was sitting in a car Looked like he was asleep in the drive-thru type deal. Police showed up, and, and according to the video and everything, seemed like an everyday, normal day at the office whenever you wear a badge. Officer walked up and found the fellow asleep. After several attempts to wake up Mr. Brooks, the officer told him to just pull out of the drive-thru and pull over there into a parking spot, catch a nap. Well, the officer allegedly observed him jump the curb and almost end up in the bushes and then back up. And that made him want to go back over there and ask him if the van had been drinking, this, that, and the other. Another officer come up. You know, he was a, quote, D DUI certified officer. Coming from my time wearing a badge, I would assume that would be the type of person that was certified into doing field sobriety tests. Wouldn't you, Mr. Aiken? Yeah, probably field sobriety, breathalyzer, and um, what's the machine we had? It was the... Uh, Drager. The Drager yeah. system. But, um, yeah, more than likely, he's certified in all those as well. Watching the video and everything and judge, and going by my experience, he had been he was under the influence of something because his story was always different. Speech pattern was off, whole nine yards. Didn't even know where he was because the officers ended up asking him where he was. He thought he was on in another county in another town whenever he was in the middle of Atlanta. Right. They started in doing the field sobriety test. He stopped them and then was basically just asking to be let go. He could walk to his sisters and all this other stuff. And the officer decided that he needed to be arrested for DUI. And that's where the, uh, the tragedy part of it went. You know, in my opinion, all of it up until then was pretty routine. Wouldn't you agree, Mr. Aikens? Yeah, I'd say it was. It, it From what I could tell, everything seemed pretty routine, what we would term as de-escalating right. situation. Um, you know, you know yourself from our time working in that environment, uh, someone who is, which we don't know, I, I don't know for sure, maybe it's already been said, but what he was under the influence of, but typically if it was alcohol, and I believe it was, I'm not 100% sure on this. I don't want to say that it was. People who were under the influence of alcohol tended to be more uh, harder to deal with than people who were under the influence of, of drugs. But that was according, my experience. According to the video, I heard Mr. Brooks say a couple of times that he had had one and a half margaritas. So I'm going to assume that it was alcohol. Yeah. And then, you know, officer went in to put the cuffs on. I think he got one ar one armed cuff and the other officer was trying to grab the other arm and that just ended up in a tussle. You know, from what I gathered from watching the video, it looked, and please correct me if I'm wrong, he ended up wrestling around with both with both officers. Verbal commands were given to, to stop. Textbook on the verbal commands. Went to pull the taser. Mr. Brooks ended up putting his hands on the taser. Fight ended up getting even worse. The officers was overpowered. He ended up stealing the taser. And here, this is the gray part in my eyes. Even, you know, whenever he was running off in the surveillance video or the security cameras and everything from the Wendy's, because once the tussle happens, you know, the body cams isn't really that good. You can't really see anything. Right. You know, it appears to me as if Mr. Brooks turned as he was running and actually fired the taser. 
and that would be whenever the rounds were shot out of the gun. You know, the sheriff of the county there in Georgia came out and said that this was justified. As somebody that used to wear a badge, nobody ever enjoys pulling the trigger. My opinion, anyway, there are some bad apples that do love to do it, but nobody wants to use deadly force unless they have to, my opinion. And I'm always going to do my best to back the blue, as long as they're worth defending as far as the character of the officer and everything like that. And my personal opinion I have to go along with the sheriff on this. I think it was a justifiable deal. As unfortunate as it was, I think it was justified. However, I did read something today. Did you know in the state of Georgia that the use of a taser isn't considered lethal force? Oh, no, it was at the time. The DA, the guy that, that's what made me mad about the whole thing, is that the guy that was bringing up all the charges, like, I can't remember if it was two weeks or a bit prior to this, had stated that a taser is considered a lethal weapon in the state of Georgia. So, as, it, as it should be, because, you know, in my opinion. Well, if yeah, you, if you're if not trained. If you've seen the videos and everything that we've seen, you've seen them drop bulls with it. Well, yeah, but you then know. if you're not trained and if you miss <laughs> and you actually get an eye or a face or so you're gonna kill somebody quickly and you know so that was one of the biggest arguments that was one of the things that made me mad the first video i had seen was just the tussle and him running away i didn't know that he had had anything so that's what made me mad about it because i'm like again again this is happening again oh my gosh but then you know i had more videos coming along and like you said it seemed pretty routine they actually were getting him in the cuffs before he decided to start fighting and he's a big dude and when he reached around and and he got the taser, yeah, there was footage of him trying to fire it backwards towards them. So, yeah, the officer acted in self-defense. Now, this all could have been avoided had he not wrestled him and had he not grabbed the taser. And then one of the big arguments was, well, a taser against a gun, which one's going to win? Well, it depends on who, what the hands, who has it in their hands. It depends on who fires first and who hits first, my opinion. Yep. Mr. Akins, you're awfully quiet. What's, what's going on in your head? Well, you know, there's, there's not across-the-board agreement whether or not a taser is considered a lethal weapon. Some would say that it is. Some would say that it isn't. I would lean toward that it's not. If it is lethal, it's incidental. But it is not because if it was very lethal, then they wouldn't be assigning them to corrections officers in a jail environment. That's my opinion. There are certain instances where that taser can kill somebody if they've got a defibrillator pacemaker. Yes. Some instances where pre-existing heart conditions or anything like that are there, it can be it can be deadly. That's why I say that it's deadly if it's incidental. Right. Depending on certain circumstances and the incident. Well, what Um, do you think about this incident in particular? Do you think it was considered deadly then? The thing that makes me say no is because you had two officers and one with a clear shot at him regardless. Now, it wasn't a great clear shot because one of the three shot hit a vehicle with people sitting in it. Right. So do I think it was a, a good shoot? No, I do not. Do I think that the officer should be charged with what he's been charged with, which is felony murder? No, I do not. No, me either. Not I at all. I, 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 I absolutely don't. Um, I think there are, you know, it, we have the luxury of being able to sit back and break it down second by second. Exactly. I was actually and, fixing to go there. Yeah. Yeah. So now, <laughs> now you, you can't, I, I don't think for, um, for anybody apart from a, from a jury, a prosecutor and defense attorney, I don't think 
it's in any way beneficial for us to try to get into the the mind of well, what was this officer thinking at the time? What was this officer thinking? Because all we can do is speculate, and that to me that just leads to people applying their own prejudice one way or the other. So I I, I don't think that that's helpful. I, I do believe that in a situation like that, you have a lot of different things that come into play. You know, you have uh, what um, is kind of referred to as the manipulation of time in the way that things can go very fast, but they seem to go very slow. Your senses tend to focus in on one thing in particular. You get tunnel vision or tunnel hearing. There are a lot of things going on to a human in those kind of situations. And then you have to consider, well, was there fear involved? Because once fear is involved, now you've got something else taking place. So, you know, I, 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 I do not believe the officer was acting maliciously. I don't. I just, I just do not. Do I believe he should have shot him? No, I don't either. But I, I don't believe it was criminal. I believe it was bad judgment. Well, I'm just curious because in a situation like that, when you have somebody who's not trained that's turning backward to not even look at you to fire a taser at you, that to me, it seems pretty life-threatening to me. You have no idea where those tasers are going to go. First of all, the guy shooting it doesn't. And if I put, I don't even try to get in his mind. I think about what I would do in that situation. I would have been terrified nearly because this guy is drunk and he's firing a weapon at me that I, he doesn't know how to use. But you're not a trained officer. You're right. But still, when anybody thinks that their life is in danger, what do they do? What well, do, they uh, should, that, what do you think the re- they should have that, done? That's the reason for the training. What I, what? what I think, the old boy, he just took on two officers. And if you watch the video, they got handled. They did, yeah. They got, oh yeah. You know, I, I give Mr. Brooks credit where credit deserves, you know, as far as handling himself in a fight. He handled himself impaired. God only knows what he was capable of doing sober. I think that that officer's bell got rung at that point in time. You know, he had already got his butt. He had already got his butt whooped. I mean, let's just call it like it is. Got his butt whooped, and his taser got stolen. Considering the fact that he just got his butt handed to him, I think that also feeds into some of the use of force where I'm saying it's justified. I, I, I think to not include that would is a mistake because you can't say that what just took place didn't have any impact at all right. on the thinking or the actions yeah, because you're not yeah. dealing with SEAL Team 6 here. No. You're dealing with guys who have been through the academy, who have been through a certain amount of training, but it had to play into it. Why? Yeah, it had to play into why? It. He was in the middle of a Wendy's in the middle of town. I've never particularly been to this Wendy's, but just judging by what I've seen, that drive-through line was full. That parking lot had people in it, and the direction I think that the fellow was running to was in the middle of a street. Mm-hmm. Why would anybody with good with good operating sense, without having their butt whooped, without having their taser took away from them, without having their partner's butt handed to them at the time, why would anybody fire a weapon in the direction of a street where there was people around? Well, that's where I say it wasn't a good shoot because yeah, there were too, he you know, too many risks involved, and in that situation, I think someone with a, an officer with more experience, a veteran, would say, "Let him run. We got his car. We got his license. We'll call in some help, and we'll find we'll get we'll find this guy." That's what I think a veteran would have done. What do you think, though, that him taking off with a taser would have played into it? Do you think well, this guy had malicious intent? And I mean the the guy that got shot. 
Well, the taser had already fired both of its shots, so at that point, it was useless. Not necessarily. Well, I, didn't see, I didn't see that it fired. I just saw him. It I, fired. I it fired during to. the. It fired. The officer fired it during the during the scuffle, and he took it away from the officer, and then he fired it as he was running away. He still could have drive stunned somebody. Yeah, Is but, it as bad? No, but it still. Do you, do you think he knows how to? have to drive stun somebody and then you got to take and then you got to think well how how much life is on the battery because i remember many times we went to go get a taser well battery's dead well we (laughs) we can't compare our equipment or anything like that to the fine folks of the atlanta police department we had the best of the best (laughs) well the other thing this is true me and you wore the badge in the facility that was the best of the best that was as good as it could get folks (laughs) speak for yourself (laughs) speak for yourself what i was curious about you know well at this time also this is where all these officers were also getting shot Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. also kind of plays into it too so i mean i can't say that i completely agree but i can't say that i mean if the guy never would have wrestled them took their stuff and ran i think he'd still be alive oh yeah end of story it was all routine but everybody got scared. And once you feel like you're fearing for your life, I mean, the one thing you do is pull the trigger. And that's what they are trained to do. Don't question oh. it. If you feel fear, shoot. I mean, if you think I, it's I'll them be... or you, shoot. But that's what, I, that's what I know they're taught. My dad told me that. If you yeah. feel like it's either them or you, you better shoot to, shoot to kill. And that's just how it is. I hate the man got shot. I hate that he died later on in the hospital. That was a failure in communication, if that makes any sense. Well, I'll tell you, honest to goodness, and I've thought about this a lot, I think it's a failure of policy because these officers were going by policy and training, then there should be more emphasis on if a suspect is fleeing and he doesn't post an imminent threat to you or he's not armed with a firearm or, or a machete or whatever. I mean, I know there, there are all kinds of things you can say, but then use of deadly force would be inappropriate, especially if you're going to be shooting him in the back. You know, I believe there's some policy there that needs to be looked at. That That's sticky stuff. It is. It's really hard to try and say, you know, this is what should have happened because like you said, in any situation, again, me as a driver, I have to plan ahead myself. If somebody does something dumb in front of me and ends up spinning out, I'm supposed to wreck my vehicle before I hit them because I will kill them in that vehicle. And I know that. Oh, yeah. So, but when it comes to that, like you said, his bell got rung. This guy tussled with two officers and the officers lost. And yeah, the fear level will go up. I mean, once that happens, yeah, I can see the fear level going up. But was he in the wrong? I don't think he was really in the wrong. I don't say he should have fired his weapon, but I mean, he he reacted the way he thought he should react in the time. Yeah. And you can't sit there and any nobody can put themselves in what he was feeling at the moment. I don't think he had right. any kind of intent. Right. And what I, that, what made me so mad was the things that he was being charged with. It was completely ridiculous that the fact that they're trying to bring the hammer down on him immediately. And I think, he was I think that was a political move. Oh yeah, definitely. I really do. You know, yeah. right right after all, right after the shooting and everything, protesters showed up and started blocking the streets and that that very wendy's ended up getting burnt down that night by his wife but nonetheless a girlfriend wife or girlfriend yeah she burned it down she was that mad i mean the things that proceed after these things is really what just irritates the crap out of me you know what nobody really looks at well he shouldn't have done what he done to have happened what happened to him that's all poor judgment on his part too if you don't want to be a victim comply you're not nothing bad's going to happen to you as long as you comply and i can't understand why nobody can get that through their head 
I agree just wholeheartedly on that. Police. Even if the officer is totally in the wrong, you comply. You have your day in court. After yeah. that, you can sue for wrongful arrest, whole nine yards. I, think, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. If Mr. Brooks would have just complied, everything would have been fine. I think it's easy for us to say that. I think the black experience is they don't trust the system because the system's failed them more often than not. Ask them, and they'll tell you that. There's they don't no trust data to prove that. There is absolutely plenty of data. data I can I can put a I can put you in, in touch with a circuit court judge right now that'll tell you in Birmingham many times he can't even get them to come forward on anything because they don't trust the cops. They don't exactly. trust the system. They don't they're trust not any. letting him do his job. It does, well, they're not letting anybody they, they, do their job. They just have that in their brain that this that's failed them this whole time. There's absolutely no data to prove that it's that it's biased between whites or blacks or Hispanics or anybody. There is tons of data to prove it. I have looked for it. I have looked for it and looked for it. There is no I data provide to prove it. it for you. There There's is a just lot belief. of belief. If you are African-American, you are twice as likely to get shot. Okay. That, is, this is, hang, this, hang on. Hang on. You're bringing up an interesting point. Is it strictly because there is a bias, as you're saying, or is it due to the way somebody reacts towards the police? I think in some cases you have bias, but you got to look. Things don't happen in a vacuum. We can't sit here and act like the George Floyd murder and this death are the first two that have happened that we are that we're aware of. There have been a lot of cases, and you can pull up the footage and find them, where unarmed African Americans have been shot, sometimes just being in their own apartment. That's, yeah, I mean, the some really bizarre cases. The data that I have found is that if you're white, you're twice as likely to get shot by the cops. They don't that's, want to shoot a black person. They that's absolutely, absolutely don't want incorrect. to. Absolutely incorrect. I will bring data next time, and I'll show you. I've seen it. I've read it. I've, I've went over and over this data. This is go back to the conversation we had last, or yeah, last week about how 12 percent of the population is responsible for over half of the crimes that are convicted convicted crimes that are taking place in america it's when have you, you act like up, have you ever pulled up the data that compares their sentences to the same crime committed by a white person yes and, and i also added money into that too i added money into that as well they are absolutely right if you live and and i'm gonna say it and i'm not meaning it in a terrible way but a slummy neighborhood if you live in a neighborhood that's crime ridden yeah you are more likely going to get a harsher sentence that was the system's way is to stop it try to cut off crime at the head because in those neighborhoods nobody talks nobody speaks up nobody says hey we know who did it everybody's quiet about the whole thing mm -hmm. so that was the system's way of trying to get crime out of those areas because they had they had to come down harder on those areas whereas if you go to a suburb white person that comes from money from a black person who comes from the ghetto a black person that comes from money they got less sentences because they're less likely to go to a life of crime after that but if they grow up in the ghetto they're more likely to fall into the crime situation I think if you talk to your average African-American, regardless of how much money they had or how successful, they could tell you all kinds of stories of harassment. I've got 35 right now off the top of my head of podcasts and, and vlogs and YouTube of all black people who go on and say these people are wrong we do not we do not experience this kind of injustice it's in those areas is where it's at you're going to find some but that doesn't represent that doesn't mean they're representative of the majority okay well these people that do grow up with it and this is this comes down to money which is also it's not as good it's not it's still not a good thing you know to give somebody a harsh sentence but again if you're in an area where it's driven by crime and you're likely to go back to home 
and fall into that life of crime, you're going to get a harsher sentence. They're trying to keep crime out of there where they can. As where if it's in the suburb area, you're likely to not get a harsh sentence because you're less likely to fall into a life of crime after that. And there you can see the unfairness. But that's just the same crime. The same. The same. Well, you can't you can't judge somebody by their zip code. How else are they supposed to stop crime when it happens? Treat it on a case by case basis fairly. Well, I I, I I can agree to that to to the extent that crime is crime, period, and it should be handled the same. I understand that. But I also try to see the perspective of if you're in an area where it's nothing but crime and nobody I talks. I understand. I understand. So I get that. Yeah. And, and I understand also, what you're saying about yeah. you know, some areas obviously have much bigger problems than others. No doubt about that. But what I'm just saying is from the perspective of the majority of African-Americans. There is a lack of faith in the system, and it goes back decades. There's a lack and of it, faith in the system from a lot of people, don't matter what skin tone you are. Well, that's true, but it's, it's that, I think, that a different, lack different of faith, of Lack of faith in the system, it, has, <laughs> it don't matter what skin tone you are. There's a lot it, of us that have lack comes, of faith in the system. When it comes to the criminal justice system, that has more of a direct impact as a whole on African-Americans than it does us. I'm not worried about getting pulled over. Are and if talking, I do, I've never been worried about getting shot or mistreated. Are you referring to Bill Clinton and Joe Biden with their crime bill? No, that's a different subject. Not really. It seems to go hand in hand with crime, considering it was a crime bill. You're talking about the part of it that uh, that they everybody gave, was pushing. They gave black. That ended up giving blacks a whole lot harsher sentences. That was yeah. That was a. That was a. That was that Re- happened. Remember that come election time, folks. The same fellow who who wrote that bill is running for president right now. Just remember that. At the time, everyone thought that. <laughs> it also had the Violence Against Women Act in, as part of it. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It's about the only good violence. thing in the bill. I would say, yeah, I would, I would say there were problems with that bill, no doubt about it. Yeah, the but that's not, that's not when all the trouble all of a sudden started in 1994. You're right, but it got wor- uh, exp- exponentially worse in 94. Well, let's go back to the crack epidemic of the late 80s and Ronald Reagan. When he was going through Compton and uh, and neighborhoods in L.A. tearing down houses with a tank. Yeah. And blacks were targeted for crack cocaine. Yeah. Whites got arrested for... Which started started worse in Johnson and in Carter's times because a lot of that stuff was coming from overseas. Well, Nixon really cranked up the war on drugs. And you, being a conspiracy guy, will know the answer to this. <laughs> Don't just sit there and accuse me of just being a conspiracy theorist. You're not me and you a, have, because you have, you are just as big a one as I am. You're not just, you're not just a conspiracy guy. No, I'm not. But I'm, what government agency has been proven through through journalism and research that helped to uh, flood the streets? That would of, be of the, the black. that would be the CIA. Yes. Yes. And that was in an effort that was in an effort because we were sending weapons to the Contras. Yes. In Nicaragua and we had to cover it up so our gun runners who were also drug dealers the CIA looked the other way as they flooded the inner cities with crack. Right. Just how allegedly one of the main reasons why we went into Vietnam was because of was for the drugs and everything. Just like allegedly, we didn't. We waited to invade in Afghanistan just as the poppy leaves was coming into full bloom. Then who's the number one producer of heroin? There you go. 
A lot of money. Know, and just for the record, the term conspiracy theory actually came from the CIA. Yes. And the term conspiracy theory is talking about how it's a way of diverting people away from the facts or the truth. Sometimes conspiracy theories are, theories are true, though. Yeah. And, the only, and how I got into conspiracy theories was very simple. I got into them a whole lot more so whenever I put a badge on. Well, you see stuff and you're like, wow. There you go. I also seen stuff and then I saw news reports and heard a completely different narrative than what I saw myself and said, that ain't the way that went down. And if it was happening to the point where I could see it, God knows how much it was happening on the federal level. I am absolutely 100% a conspiracy theorist, if you want to call me that. But at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that's called conspiracy theory that is actually fact. Oh, I agree with that. I agree with that. But now, from there's, your some, time, there's some of it that's out, that's a little bit out there now. I'll give you that one. But there's a lot of it that's right on the money. There's some of it that just hadn't been proven right yet that's a little, that sounds a little bit out there, too. I mean, look how many times Alex Jones has said some crazy stuff but come out to be proven right. Alex Jones, I, I used to listen to him many, many years ago. And on some of his his reporting, I guess if you call it reporting investigations or whatever, I mean, I thought we're that was some pretty good information. And then sometimes yeah. he's just off the rails and, and he gets more into the entertainment trying to, you know, pump up the volume. Yes, and he does. that's when he loses and, me. And I personally think the man's still good, but he needs to take a little bit of a break, pull himself out of it a little bit. Cause I think he's going a little crazy. Well, I think the, um, and, and we're getting way off of the subject you wanted to talk yes, about. Yes, we are. I'm a huge, I'm a, I'm a big supporter of Alex Jones. Hold yeah. that against me. Love me for it. I don't care. If you, listen, the, if you listen to the man, you'll find he'll he's on track on a lot of stuff but he just he, he needs he needs a vacation he really does he, he, his comments and leanings on the sandy hook shooting really did him a lot of damage yeah it did i i really i really think it did and uh, that's you know you're right he needs to take yeah. some time back to he get came, he allegedly said some things then he allegedly apologized for saying things. I, I'm trying not to speak out of turn because, right. you know, if I'm, I don't want to be wrong on anything. But after he apologized for something that he allegedly said or allegedly didn't say, that's when everything really hit the fan with him. It's like that's when everybody noticed it. Yeah. But getting back to Richard Brooks. You know, the, uh, the DA there, they ended up filing murder charges on him within days. I think I think the incident that we were talking about happened on what a Friday night. I think by Monday morning, I think by Monday morning they had already had charges filed on. If my memory serves me correct, the chief of police actually resigned over this. There were several officers that started calling in sick, what they used to call the blue flu, mm -hmm. as showing that they were against what was going on. They were standing up for their fellow officers. God bless them for that. There's a lot of officers that, that wouldn't do what they've done. So I salute you if you're listening to this. I've had a lot of officers and a lot of brothers and sisters, because I still consider myself part of that line, even though I haven't worn a badge in a couple of years. A lot of our brothers and sisters are tired of all of this bull crap. I know the NYPD alone, just this past weekend, there was over 200 officers filed for early retirement. <laughs> You had down in Florida somewhere where um, a SWAT commander or a police chief or something like that ended up doing something that they didn't believe in and the whole dead gum SWAT team resigned. And I hate that. Right now, as it sits with all of these riots and everything going, we need more police now than what we ever did. Well, everybody's uh -huh. pushing to defund them. The funny thing for me is, you know, I was talking about that city of Chaz. Uh -huh. um, 
Yeah, I know. It's hysterical. Uh, to me, it's hysterical. It's hysterical and it's sad. It is, but well, recently the mayor did step up because they showed up at her house. (laughs) Yeah, the mayor stepped up and she shut it all down. But the thing they did was they called themselves progressives. The first thing they did was build a wall, and then they armed (laughs) themselves. (laughs) And then they they don't. They started searching, and then they started having. You had to require ID and everything else. The very things that a lot of people are protesting against, they were doing. Yeah, Yeah. and they have Black Lives Matter stuff up all over the place, and then they they shot. They shot and killed two black people within that little area. Yes, they did. And, um, well, they armed themselves. It's everything that they're fighting against, right? Because, yeah. you know, nobody wants to build the wall, and everybody wants to defund the police. Almost everybody in there had a weapon of some sort. Mm-hmm. And they were taking the law into their own hands and doing much worse than what the system is we have now. Yes, they were. And then two, two black folks ended up dead. I'm not, that's not funny. I'm not saying that's funny. I'm saying, you know, what is your point? That, what's your point? when people do stuff like that, when they act out over stuff that happens like this, you know, I understand what you say. The people don't, they, they, they don't trust the system. Now I was targeted. I'm white. I'm a white girl. And I was targeted in an area that was known for drug activity, gang activity and prostitution. I was targeted because I was a white female with a white male and a black male sitting with me. You know who was questioned and searched and all that stuff? Not the black guy, me. My car was searched. My entire, everything was searched, but you know what I did? I complied with the police and I let them do their job Just to know to say they knew nothing was happening i didn't run i didn't cuss at them i didn't tell them how they weren't doing their job i didn't do any of that stuff i just sat on the curb like they told me to do and let them do their job that's because that's what i was taught to, to do. do huh that's always the best thing to do yeah, under, I, yeah under any circumstance i understand what you're saying about how they don't trust the system well they can't seem to ever they will never trust the system if they don't just let it do its thing. But like for the, this instance in particular, if he never would have wrestled them, if he never would have grabbed the taser and never would have taken off running, then there would have been no need for any of those other decisions to be made. Well, I agree that it was obviously, you know, extremely poor judgment on his case. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But at the same time, we can't allow poor judgment on civilians' cases. There's a fine line where there's also a a policy, a professional policy with officers that has to has to take precedent. Yeah, you but, can't just say, "Well, somebody acted up, so I shot him." Oh, okay, well, they shouldn't have acted up. That doesn't. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Time. But you know, we're again, we're at a time where violence against police is a big thing, and it's a very oh, yeah. real thing. So mm-hmm. how are you supposed to make that decision? How are you supposed to be that professional when you've been targeted? That your whole career has been targeted. Everybody who does anything in your career has been targeted. So fear is definitely there. What do they right. do? Not come in? How many of them would not come in? How many of them aren't coming in? It's like it's a very fine line. It's a very fine line. It's but it's a also a very scary place to be for any individual, trained or not. It's still very scary. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free to use, which means you don't have to put out any money to get on this platform and start your own podcast. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
we posted a few questions on Facebook. We asked for listener participation, and we did get a few. The first question is going to be, you can pick three to eat for free for an entire year. Your choices are Whataburger, Olive Garden, Outback Steakhouse, Chili's, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, Applebee's, Buffalo Wild Wings, Cheesecake Factory, Cracker Barrel, In-N-Out Burger, Burger King, Taco Bell, Subway, Popeyes, Pizza Hut, Denny's, or Panda Express. Melissa, we're going to start with you. You can pick three to eat for free for an entire year. What's your three? Whataburger, Olive Garden, and Outback. Jason, what about you? Okay, Applebee's, Cracker Barrel, Chick-fil-A. I am going to go with Whataburger, Olive Garden, and because it's my girlfriend's personal favorite, Buffalo Wild Wings. Our Facebook comments from Roger Williams Jr., he posted Whataburger, Subway, and Panda Express. Roger, I appreciate you commenting, my friend. Thank you very much. Next question. <laughs> this one's fun. <laughs> I just like it. <laughs> Keys are in the ignition of each car. Which one are you taking? And the twist on this is, is you have to say why you're choosing it. Okay. It's either the General Lee, Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters, Miami Vice, the Ferrari, mm. Knight Rider's kit, Magnum P.I.'s Ferrari, the A-Team's van, or the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Melissa, you're up first. I had a hard, hard time deciding this because I was like, the Southern in me went, give me the General Lee. <laughs> And there's a lot of mistakes I've made in my past. I kind of like the DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, what about you? Well, she's got a good point about the DeLorean because it can do things that none of those other cars can, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's that's definitely up there. I, I'm going to go with Kit from Knight Rider. I am also, as much as I love the General Lee and how much I love Kit from Knight Rider, if this fat boy can fit in that DeLorean and that flux capacitor is fluxing, I'm going 88 miles an hour. I hear you. Let's see, the only downside to that is how many times did it work properly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why it's a little iffy, but. <laughs> might, end up, might end up messing time up and being your own grandfather. <laughs> that would be weird. Oh, grandpa. <laughs> Our <laughs> Uncle Grandpa. <laughs> Mark Watkins. Appreciate you, Mark. He commented, Knight Rider. Who wouldn't want a car that could drive itself and shoot missiles at idiot drivers just to blow out a tire, not kill them? I know, right, Mark? Appreciate you listening, buddy, and appreciate you commenting. Question number three, if you had to give up one for life, which one would you pick? One would be tacos, two would be cheeseburgers, three would be pizza, four would be spaghetti. Jason, you're up first. Easy. That's an easy one, man. Spaghetti all the way. Spaghetti. Yeah, I have to agree. Spaghetti, too. Yeah, don't look so shocked, big man. I'm looking shocked. I love spaghetti. Don't get me wrong. I do. But now that I'm getting older, it's hard to handle. And my stomach is like, I love spaghetti, but it, it's not going to be good later. <laughs> it's, it's too much work. Too much work to eat. I, yeah. I guess I'm going to be the odd man out. I'm giving up tacos. Ooh. I, can't, I, don't know. I, I love some spaghetti. I love some fettuccine alfredo. I go to Florence specifically for rigatonis. If you've never Man. been, you need to go. That fettuccine that they have up there, and Stacy got me on this. Get the blackened chicken in there with it. Oh, my God. 
It's amazing. You okay. just have to make a list of all these places that you travel for for food. You, ne- you, you need have specific to. places that you love to go. You need to, because every one of them that I throw out is Fat Boy approved. I'm telling you. <laughs> you could do your own um, little manual, you know, recommending places. In all seriousness, there for the longest, me and mom was going all over the place. That was one of our little road trip destinations. We would find places that we wanted to go eat, and we'd go there and try it. I almost started up a block that's real life no, I on, believe you. on some of these places that we went to Our listeners commented on this as well mark watkins commented again appreciate you mark he would pick number four and he'd say so long spaghetti <laughs> victoria joy shout out to you victoria thank you very much for listening she would pick three not real big on pizza it is just a delicious disc of heartburn. I have to agree with her. It is delicious, and if you eat enough of it, it will cause a heartburn. My final question for both of you, and we'll wrap this up with this. You were able to pick your own concert, but you can only pick four bands, okay? Now, this list is long, and I sent it to you both. Mm-hmm. So I very, I would very much suggest you pull it up and look at it. I got it for, those, for those of you that are listening right now, the choices are ACDC, Deep Purple, Oasis, Slipknot, Pearl Jam, Metallica, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Linkin Park, The Killers, The Strokes, Green Day, The Verb, Behemoth, Oath, The Beatles, The Doors, Guns N' Roses, Kiss, Radiohead, Rammstein, Rage Against the Machine, The Cure, Ramones, Sonic Youth, Soundgarden, Anthrax, Van Halen, The Offspring, Smashing Pumpkins, Marilyn Manson, Black Sabbath, Pink Floyd, Motorhead, Megadeth, Iron Maiden, Queen, Corn, Rolling Stones, System of a Down, Audio Slave, Aerosmith, Coldplay, Man of War, Rush, Dream Theater, Dio, Tool, Led Zeppelin, Nirvana, Pantera, Foo Fighters, The Who, Misfits, Judas Priest, Slayer, Blink-182, Bon Jovi, The Clash, U2, Nightwish, R.E.M., Danzig, and Evanescence. Melissa, I'm going to start with you. All right. I had to do a second. I didn't even see Evanescence down there. But the Evanescence is definitely my favorite, and it's the first one. And then there's going to be Nirvana. And then there's going to be Metallica, Van Halen. Good choices. Jason, what about you, my friend? I'm going to start out with Pearl Jam. Then we're going to have um, we're going to have some Rage Against the Machine. We're going to also go with Queen, and um, we'll finish it off with a little bit of Foo Fighters. All right. I'm going ACDC. If it's the original lineup, I'm going Guns N' Roses, Led Zeppelin, and Pantera. There's a lot of choices on here. Mm-hmm. I'm already planning my second one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw a concert. That's going to be great. <laughs> Well, if y'all got enough time, I've got one more question. I do. Who's your favorite 90s villain? Agent Smith from The Matrix, Sheriff of Nottingham from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Darth Maul from Star Wars Episode One, Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man, Scar from The Lion King, Mr. Benedict from Last Action Hero, T-1000 from Terminator 2, or Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs? This one was kind of hard for me. Yeah, there's three of them on here that I can't, I mean, that are awesome. So let's go ahead. I had a Lecter all the way. Same yeah. here. I'm, I, I got to go with Lecter. He's a good choice. I love Simon Phoenix, though. 
I do too. But cartoony bad. It was. It was. It was. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, I love Simon Phoenix, but Hannibal Lecter is one of my all-time favorite villains. He was so bad. He was cool. Yeah, and then Agent Smith from uh, the Matrix. He was pretty. He was a really good villain. Yeah, he was Mr. really good. Yeah. And yeah. Mr. Benedict from The Last Action Hero, that movie was so much fun. I mean, he wasn't like the worst villain, though. I mean, it was just a good movie, I think. That's why I was I got kind of excited to see him on there. <laughs> yeah. I never saw that movie. Oh, really? It is a fun movie. It's one of yeah. the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Yeah, you need to look it up. I enjoy it. Yeah, it's really good. You laugh a lot. You're like, what? <laughs> That's all the time we have for this episode. Please like and follow us on Facebook at Porch Matters Podcast. Please subscribe or follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or the platform of your choice so you don't miss an episode. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate the show and leave us a review if you have the time. Thank you very much for listening. And catch us next time right here on Porch Matters.